So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. So how do you become a successful luxury second or third home market agent to help you guys do that? That really is the question we want to unpack today with my guest, Kurt and Tim Harlan from Berkshire Hathaway, Jackson Hole Properties. Fellas, thank you for meeting me in my home. Oh wait, I'm in your hometown <laughs> hey. in Jackson Hole. What's up guys? Things are good. I just keep looking out to the view you have here today. Yes. And it is an amazing day out here today. We had a great day yesterday. Very thankful yes, we for did. that. Yes, we did. Well, thank Very you guys. Very thankful for that. So for the people that are listening on audio only, we are in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, their hometown where uh, Kurt owns Berkshire Hathaway, Jackson Hole Properties. Tim, you joined in 2015. 2015, yeah. So, so, what I want to really focus on today, guys, is a lot of people are listening to this. And of course, you know, everybody wants to sell a higher end price point, yes. right? I don't care if you're in the wonderful gal that I interviewed this morning, who's in Iowa, who average sales price is like 225 For her, if she can sell five and six and $700,000 houses, that's the high end. That's luxury. Right. Everybody wants to be in that game. So I want to focus today on like, not only the second home market, what you have to do, right? Starting a, a brother, you know, brother's business together and the fun dynamics of that, as I've certainly witnessed <laughs> on the golf course yesterday, no one got tackled, but I think they were close. Um, but also like, how do you make it all work? And, and you know, you're new to coaching, right? So yes, starting September of last year. Right. And, and like, what are some of the lessons you're learning and what are your coach, you know, working with you guys on? So we want to unpack all of that. That's a lot of unpacking to do. So for context, for the person listening right now, um, last year they did 16 transactions. And before you say, wow, 16 transactions, well, their average sales price is 3 million bucks. And really, you know, safe to say you were really just beginning to accelerate in Yes. and you got your hands on a lot of stuff. And I'm going to unpack all of that in a minute, but year to date, they are already at 17 transactions, 12, uh, 12 close, $34 million. And for context for the listeners, there's 580 licensed agents here in the Valley and they'll do 600 single family residence transactions on an annual basis. Right. So is that one per agent? One per agent. So you better choose wisely. <laughs> you better make sure it's yeah, a big one, sure right? It's a good deal. <laughs> but that, yeah, that reminds me of a lot of luxury marketplaces that we work in. So, um, so fellas, I'm going to give them context and we're diving right in. So Kurt, I wrote down home builder turned referral agent because a buddy said, you know, you might want to start getting some commissions on these things. Uh, turned broker owner, but you're also an insane ski instructor. Well, I don't think insane is the right word, Tom. I think I'm a very valuable resource on the mountain <laughs> to guide people, <laughs> maybe. not unlike real estate. <laughs> I was thinking maybe just because I know you and you're kind of insane. <laughs> so maybe that's just how the word got popped in there. And then Timmy, your brother, athlete turned alcohol sales and distribution, right. but also a firefighter of 20 years. Thank you years. so much for all your service. Absolutely. And a realtor since 2015. So, so let's just talk about Kurt, give me a little of your backstory. Like, why did you go into real estate? And then why did you ultimately start a brokerage? And then we'll bring your brother in to figure the whole thing out. And then we'll get into all the luxury stuff. It's a long, this is a short version of yeah. a very long story. Yeah. So as a ski instructor here in Jackson Hole, I met some clients out of New York, great friends. They were upgrading from a small townhouse to a larger home here on the West Bank. And he basically told me to run the numbers as a referral agent. So I did. I became a referral agent for a short period yep. of time and then went out and be, worked, started working for a brokerage. 
on my own. And sure. I did it part-time. I was a home builder for 20 plus years. That has lent itself very well into real estate, especially yeah. in this market where there's a lot of remodeling, scraping, yeah. rebuilding, things like that. Still teach skiing on a limited basis. I love sharing this environment, the mountain environment, the Jackson Hole community with people that have been here for 20 years or first timers. Yeah. It's a great community to be involved with. Love it. So, and then how did you, or why did you buy the brokerage? Cause that seems like, you know, home builder, I understand like he, he owns his own business, you're entrepreneurial yeah. and then you buy a real estate brokerage and you know what they say about real estate brokerages? How do you make a small fortune in real estate? You start with a big one yeah. and you buy a real estate office. Sounds like horses. I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. It is like horses. It's like horses. Also, yes. It's like owning a ski resort. It's like owning a ski resort. Well, you know, maybe we all own a ski resort one day. So why did you buy the brokerage? Well, I had been I had been working with with a small independent brokerage and the two owners offered me an ownership position. The timing was really good on it. I had just obliterated my knee in a skiing accident. Getting up and down scaffolding and hanging off 30 feet, screwing on fascia wasn't for me anymore. Yeah. I had two in the small, middle of winter, two small kids. My my youngest had just turned one. And it was, it was, the timing was just right. And right. I really enjoyed real estate. I, and I was at a point where I was ready to transition out of construction, move more full-time into real estate. And one of the owners offered me an ownership stake and it was it, serendipity is what yeah. it was. I was really, really fortunate. Yeah, that's great. And then Timmy, how about yourself? I mean, I mentioned alcohol sales and, you know, to go from alcohol to real estate, some would argue you stay with alcohol <laughs> in real estate. They go bed, bed and boudoirs, <laughs> maybe boudoirs and booze right there. Um, no, I actually, after college, I went down to the Bay Area yeah. in LA and was doing litigation consulting and disputes resolution for client and counsel, right? So that uh, could be slightly helpful in negotiations in real estate. Hello. That was Hello. thing, yeah. right? And yeah. then came out to Jackson uh, after a two month motorcycle trip with my girlfriend on the back and, and one night night we stayed in a hotel the rest we traveled through the the coast and the banff jasper lake louise and yeah. came down to jackson sight unseen and immediately my roots just planted here and uh but then worked for a brewery where mm -hmm. for almost 20 years doing sales and marketing and then worked with a couple distilleries and yeah and then the big thing was when kurt came out was we were building our house mm -hmm. and we were fortunate enough to get a little bit of land and we got into a bit of a pickle with our contractors one uh, well, they split and then I had one that left and moved back to Rhode Island. So we were left in the lurch. Not, oh, yeah. not so much a pickle as abandonment. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> yes. uh, and so I called big brother Kurt up and said, man, I'm, I'm really hurt and I need a lot of help. And he, two weeks he came out and we started finishing off the house and which took a few months and, you know, maybe a few years off our lives, but yes. it was a phenomenal uh, testament to the trust and love that we have between each other. Yeah. And I'm assuming that's always been there. I mean, you're five years apart and that could be a world apart yeah. between siblings. Yes. But watching you guys on the golf course yesterday, it's safe <laughs> to say you guys are pretty close. Yeah, We are. And from the get go, from when Tim was smaller, I coached yeah. his baseball team. Yeah. You know, watched all of his football games, rode the bus from college back to Eugene to watch his football games. Just, I mean, we've been really, really close. Yeah. Taught me the VW thing outside. Yes. Yeah, taught me how to drive that. Yes. Taught me the wayward ways of being able to be social with liquid environment, which might have been an influence of why I got into beer and, 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 and liquor sales. Right? So yes. I don't know. That was a big influence on me. So why did you go into real estate? Why did I go into real estate? Well, again, you know how like I needed help on my house? Yeah. Kurt's been bugging me for years to get my license, to yeah. be a part of that. And we can create something as brotherhood. And I'm like, yeah, I resisted and yeah. I resisted. And then finally you just said, I need help. Yeah. There that I was. was it. Yep. Yeah. So it was 2015. 
right? You get licensed, right? You now own the Berkshire Hathaway franchise at this Correct. point. Correct. We, we, affi- we affiliated from an independent yep. in May of 15. And for context, again, we mentioned 580 agents in the Valley. You've got 17 agents. Does that include the two of you? Or Correct. is that... Okay, so 17 agents in this office. By the way, in case you're wondering, there is a dog now walking around. What's up, Vader? Vader! Hi, buddy. He's just like, where's my mom? Why? <laughs> who are these strange people in this house? All right. So, Vader, enjoy the podcast. But... But one of the one of the things that I think is super important for people to get is I think brand and trust in a marketplace like this matters even more so from my clients in New York City and from Toronto or from Miami or from San Francisco or LA. And for the people that are out there watching that are from those parts of town, just understand like there's just so many more people in those towns. I when I, you know, get off the airport and take the long road right through town. Yeah. I still see the lie that's up there that says Jackson Hole. Welcome to Jackson, 9,200 people, right. <laughs> right? I'm like, there really should be a two in front of that, I think. <laughs> From the 1980 um, census or something? Right. 1960 maybe, I don't know. But this is a small town. Yes. Trust, relationships, just trust. That's the game. So what do you guys think you've done to establish so much goodwill and trust in the market? I mean, is it because you're a home builder? because you're still a firefighter and thank you for the coin, which will, you know, if you're watching the video, we'll talk about this later. Like, how did you guys establish this? If you had to redo it again, what would you do to establish so much trust in the marketplace? For me, it's connection to community. I mean, I, I was the chairman of the board of the Jacksonville Chamber of Commerce, again, with the firefighting, with all these different nonprofits that are in the Valley being associated with and being a part of. Um, Kurt does a lot of work with Special Olympics and other children's programs. I mean, the connection to community is huge. Like you said, small town. Yeah. You, you can't be a jerk and make it very far in this, in, in this right. town per se. And so just that connectivity with the people here, I mean, it's the power of place. You look outside and the place is absolutely magnanimous yeah. in, its, in its beauty. Yeah. But what really makes this town hum are the people and the quality of people that are here. It's, it's not easy. It's negative 27, negative 30 in the wintertime. You hear you that, Tristan? Be, <laughs> it, you, you, know, you gotta be hardy, right? Yeah. You gotta kind of want it. And yeah. so you gotta yeah. have a little bit thicker skin. You gotta have a little bit more resilience as yeah. it were to be able to be here. And, and I think that shows in character. Yeah. Kurt, what do you think? How do you create, if you had to restart and do it all over again, how do you create so much trust? Well, you know, I would do it the same way. I, I think I, I've been really blessed that I have been able to get to where I am in the industry, you know, and in same as I did in construction, same mm-hmm. as I do in ski instructing, same as I did in every other aspect mm-hmm. of my life. Just treat people fairly, get yep. to know them, build those relationships, get to know what makes them tick yep. at every level, at yeah. first time buyers, at fifth home buyers, mm-hmm. just Treat them yeah. as you would want to be treated and be that person and share that with them the knowledge that you have. Like my construction experience played huge into real estate. Big time. That develops a huge amount of trust is where you're you're not just looking for the sale, you're looking for the right sale. Yeah. You're looking to get the, the person into the right place and get them the ability to enjoy this community that we love mm-hmm. at the same level. It's, it's experiential is yeah. what it is. Do you think that translates to you know, uh, Iowa city, like, you know, small town USA. Do you think it translates to New York city? Do you think it translates to Munich, Germany? Like, is it, is it the same? I mean, at the end of the day, aren't we really supposed to be like the mayors of our town? Yes. Right. The person that can open the doors, who has the contacts, who has the relationships thoughts. Yeah, no, that is exactly what, uh, within our job scope is what we should be doing and what we are doing 
And whether you're a big city or a small city, it's about that individual. It's about caring for that person's needs. Some people are just transactional, period. Right. I want to do a thousand transactions and I want to get this. Goodbye, see you out, you know, spit you out. Yep. The people that we personally have had transactions with have become insanely close friends. Yeah. Insanely yeah. close friends that we rely upon and that they reply upon us continually. And once the transaction's completed, we're still going to dinner. We're still fixing their, you know, the, the <laughs> vent on, on their dryer. We're doing all kinds of things for them as right. a friend, not because we're right. making a buck. Right. You know? Yeah. I think there, there's something to the, and it, you know, you guys being newer to our ecosystem, right. the values that you're expressing are what I hear from people every day that, and they could be doing a thousand transactions with a team of 40, but, but they decided that they were going to be relationship first, not transaction first. Sure. Now, and I'm not, I have a lot of clients that like they're very no. transaction focused and they make a lot of money. So I'm not dogging them, nope. but all I do is I then go back and look at their repeat and referral business. And it, man, it is, it is as obvious as this coin in my hand. Like, you know, if you are relationship first, you've got a ton of trust in the marketplace. You do a ton of referrals and they do everything else for marketing. And the ones that are transaction oriented are just chasing more transactions and, sure. and both are right. Yeah. Right. For the individual. But mm -hmm. I think for a small town, like the transaction met mindset could really get you in trouble. Yeah. So let's talk about marketing. Cause that's probably the, actually I want to, I want to back up first. New agent just getting started. New agent. Big brother legend, but you're mm -hmm. a legend, right? You're like, he's way more, he's, he's way got way more, more charisma, more, craziness yeah, than yeah, you do. I'm not taking anything enough. away from you, Kurt, but he's, you know. He's, he's twice as well. He's a little chatty. Yeah. He's a little chatty. What was it like getting started? What was your first year like? My first year was. was really I like the laugh. I should be asking you this question. You know, honestly, Tom, I was, uh, you know, a, a vice president of a distillery mm -hmm. and doing sales and marketing in that regard. So I was a bit of a secret agent. You sure. Know? I was coming in and was doing referrals. I would get referrals and hand them off to Kurt um, and doing that. So coming in and having a mentor, having someone to emulate, having someone in You the can business. interrupt him anytime, man. You do it. This is a I podcast. Do. Let's go. I'm but, waiting for something good. <laughs> the, uh, no, but having, like I said, the ultimate trust yeah. is, is, is brother to brother. Yeah. And having that and the ability to be like, hey, you know, Tim, I need help. Well, I'm going to come in and how was your website when I first started? There wasn't one. How was this? How was that? And there, there just was nothing. It was just doing real estate in the yeah. old way. Yeah. So, you know, the help that he needed, I was happy to provide mm -hmm. um, along with support, whether that be moral or business or whatever. You know, I yeah. see that Kurt makes it rain and I pile the fields. Right. And that's really that's a good partnership. Yeah. And yeah. that's, and that's kind of where it's, where we started at. Yeah. And then, you know, once I came out of the closet, so to speak, was to be able to use my, my community connections, be yeah. able to talk to people and make it more of a contact sport yep. and say, Hey, you know what? This is what we're doing. My brother and I are starting something really special. Come be a part of it. So, so it's interesting. Like I ask a lot of, uh, veteran agents, 35, 40 years. Can you remember when you first got started or someone that's, you know, killed, like what the gal I was just mentioning you was on my mm -hmm. podcast, like 177 transactions in two and a half years. Right. Bethany, right. like huge shout out to her. Um, I was like, what did you say to everyone you knew in town that you were suddenly a real estate agent? What were you saying? You know, the first few times mm -hmm. you kind of, you, you'd almost roll your eyes because right. it's like, Oh, another one. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. They're like, Hey, you that's know, there's fantastic. 580 of you in yeah, town. Right. right. That's fantastic. <laughs> but no. And then I started really, uh, drinking Kurt's Kool-Aid of culture right. of look, we're going to do this differently. It's not going to be yeah. wham, bam, later, Sam, it's yeah. going to be, these are people that we're going to work with very closely on a, on a, on a very close basis and be able to do right by them and service them appropriately. And it's, you know what, I'll lose a deal before I lose a friend. 
Yeah. Culture. Yeah. yeah. Where'd that come from? Uh, childhood, probably. My dad, my parents, you know, my mom, they're all about friendships and relationships and they yeah. had no time for people that, that weren't forthright and honest with them. And they instilled that in us. And they really, I mean, it's where you have it. You know, it's something you can learn, but it's really difficult. But yeah. if you're, if it's ingrained in you from childhood, it makes a huge difference. Big Just time. being fair and honest with people is, is really, I mean, it's the baseline for any business model. Right. Because, you know, when people say, oh, it's just business, I, I call BS on that, especially mm -hmm. in real estate, because real estate is about people. Yeah. It's not about anything other than people. I mean, commercial, different, you know, investment stuff maybe, but in this market where people are trying to get the lifestyle, they're here for different reasons. They mm -hmm. want to live here, but it's also about them. It's about yeah. their dream. And that's not business. Yeah. That is totally about relationships. That's totally personal. Yeah. It's absolutely personal. Um, so I'm going to go a different direction. Your brother said you didn't have a website in 2015. Now you do know in 2015 websites were available, Kurt. We, we, we had a website. It was just terrible. <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> I had a feeling. I am the least techie person in real estate. No, I've met people that like, you have an iPhone. I, I, I met a few. I'm like, is that a Blackberry? Like the Smithsonian <laughs> called, they want it back. I met, I met right? your personal website. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah there might not have been, there might not have been one of those. Okay. So, so. But, but I, I got to say, yeah. just, I mean, yeah. I understand all the tech stuff and I, and I, of course, and it's a really important component to our business. Yes. My business has always been based on relationships. Yes. I haven't done that much advertising at, mm -hmm. per, for me personally. Mm -hmm. Because all of my business is word of mouth, much yeah. like my construction business. I never had to have an yeah. ad for my construction business. It was always word of mouth. We were always busy. We always had projects lined up because of that mantra of it, it's not just business. Yeah. It's about people. And homes are about yeah. people, whether you're building them or selling them to people. Yeah. So, so I agree with you. And yet, I, you could argue that today with Google, Zillow, Realtor, 500,000 other you know sites, and not 500,000, but so many other sites that are out there basically trying to arbitrage the industry. So, so t I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn to you, well, both of you guys. Yes. What have you guys done to, def I mean, look at 580 agents in the market, 600 transactions, mm -hmm. right? And you guys are doing four, you're at 4% of the market right now, which means right. you'll probably finish at 8 to 10% of the market. Like that's bonkers, right? So how, like, what are you guys doing to defend your position online? Cause you know, in alcohol sales, like you better be good online yeah. or you don't exist. Or you don't exist and you need to support it. And right now I'd say now that we're a part of this phenomenal Tom Ferry ecosystem um, and our coach, Mark Prestera. 50% off next month for that automatically. Perfect. <laughs> uh, and Mark has really done a great job with me personally. Yeah. You know, that's why my business right now is 5X. You know, mm -hmm. Kurt's at 1X, maybe 2X on his side. But no, truly. No, being a, no competition here. Being a, part of the, being a part of the ecosystem is huge with regards to referrals. And, and right now, you know, I'm I was talking with Mark the other day. He's like, look, Tim, right now, you haven't even hit your one year mark. And right. it's about learning not earning those go great together and they yep. have obviously yeah. but we've had amazing network referrals through the ecosystem yep. and being able to have group calls um through your system which yep. is above and beyond just the elite weekly call yep. mark's put together his group and so we just had a nice talk with them yep. uh yesterday from yep. the golf course we were doing a luxury market every third friday so you have the connectivity and the ability 
to grow organically, but also just through connectivity. Right. In that, so for me, that's big. Secondly, is following the, just the instructions of doing what you need to do. It's a contact sport. Right. Go hit them, hit them hard in the different facets that that you're showing us how to do. Yeah. So, so I know we, you know, we were chatting about this yesterday and like in my world, that just means I added another channel of revenue, right? right. So I've got a new network of people. I'm, I'm connecting with them. I'm bringing them value, sending them referrals and they're sending me referrals. It's another pillar of business, right? It's just smart business. Yeah. Um, talk about some of the blocking and tackling. Like what, like I went for both you guys, like, and no BS, right? Cause like. I saw how you guys operated yesterday. It's very, it's very fun. <laughs> it's very lively, but I know you guys work your faces off too. So like, what's a typical day look like for you? And then what's a typical day like for you? Typical day in real estate. Typical day in real estate. Well, I was going to say, I walk my dog. I shot you a beautiful I, picture. That was a beautiful photo. Pond, yes, right? yes. So I usually start my day off waking up around five or six and just get my mental attitude ready. Yeah. Gratitude, being yeah. able to walk around with my dog and get, and get the, just get the mind right. You yeah. know, might, maybe yep. not after a lot of sleep, maybe there is some sleep, but, yep. and then be able to get into the office and start running the MLS, looking yep. at the hot sheet, doing yep. things that I want to be able to do. And then I have a nine to 10 AM kind of a prospecting and my maybe it's not prospecting per se, but it's just connecting with people that I need to connect with. That's prospecting. That's prospecting. Right. I know, but it, I, you know what I like to call basis. it? I call it appointment setting time. Oh, appointment setting time. Right. Like what am I, I'm not prospecting prospects no. what dirty old guys near rivers did it, to like try and find gold. You know where the gold it is. It almost sounds like a teacher say it's um, Thomas. It's appointment setting time. It's appointment setting <laughs> yes. time for you. Is that after nap time? <laughs> you were hoping for some of that yesterday. Yes. Um, so, yeah. so nine to 10, you're on the phones, yeah. texting, emailing, whatever it is. Yes. Right. Do you do all of that or am I? I'm trying to do it all, man, but yeah, it's, it's drinking from a fire hose right now with right. all the things that are out there that, that are coming at us. So, you know, do this, do X, Y, Z again, trying to run plays at work is really what I'm what I'm going at and mine is my social and my business network that yeah. I'm really trying to dig deep into so up early get your mindset right to I it's music to my ears anytime I hear great people say because let me restate this every great agent says the same thing right. I get in I check the daily hot sheets sure I have to know what the market is doing mm -hmm. so I'm prepared to go talk to people when they say oh the market we're going right like right. you have to give them real-time data so you do that then you get on the phone for an hour and then what happens then for me it's appointments or whatever appointments taking care of clients um, doing showings being more knowledgeable on Wednesdays we always there's always open houses so familiarizing myself with the market on Wednesdays um, you know just hustling just really just hustling and yeah. getting getting things done that need to get done and there's always something and if if I have nothing to do then well there's something wrong second is I'll go back to my database and I will just start going okay what what am I missing where am I going I do have Kurt doesn't like I have a wall of shame on my in my office and it's a deals wall of shame. a wall of shame and it's deals that really should have been oh. in our pocket that whether it was because we lost contact this is really good or this because is really good. they we weren't center, top of mind yeah or whatever the reason and people make their own decisions they all know right. 400 agents of i course. get it yeah but my wall of shame is that's the wall that hurts there's names on there that are close to me yeah that i'm not gonna let happen again Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question, what's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you gotta do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I wanna be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work in the platform that matters most to you. 
So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. See, we can stop the podcast right there and go, it's mic drop. Like, like that's it. Like everyone should have a wall of shame. Like every deal that you fame. missed. There's a wall of You gotta have the positive too. You gotta have the positive. I can see the yin and yang here. I, I'm not a big fan of the wall of shame. Maybe it hurts too much. Or maybe yes. I, I realized I might've dropped the ball on some of those. Could so, be, so, could yeah, be. There, you know, I like positive reinforcement. I like yeah. the dangling carrot instead yeah. of the, the big yeah. stick. But everybody gets motivated by something, right? right, right. So, so Kurt, what about you? Typical day in the life? Well, it depends whether it's summertime or school year time because my wife's a really amazing first grade teacher. Yeah. So in the mornings when she's in school, I wake the boys up. I got two boys, 11 and 13, Max and Beckett. I don't know if you'll ever watch this, but get them up, get them dressed, get them fed, get their lunches made, get them in the car so that yeah. mom can jump in the car and they can all go to school. And yeah. then I head into the office, which is about 7.30, 8 o'clock. Yeah. That's my time when I get my mind right. I look at the stuff for the brokerage. Yeah. I'm not as diligent about prospecting as Tim. Mm -hmm. um, I'm more brokerage management sure. stuff, dealing with all that, making yep. sure my agents have all their questions answered, going through my email list, mm -hmm. sorting through what's, you know, setting up my list of, of most important to do's that day, hoping I can get through the top third of it, you know, that kind of deal. And then a lot of answering agent questions, helping on contracts, right. making sure everything's going, checking advertising, whether it's print or social media or whatever it is. And my day gets rolling. And then because of my construction experience, twice a week, I get a call from a homeowner that wants advice on how to do this, how to do that. What happens when this light goes on? Being Where do service. you go there? Right. Continuing after the transaction, helping out clients is a big part of my work week. Yep. It does gobble up some time, but it's a pretty insignificant amount of time because I've gotten really good at delegating that to subs I used to use. Yep. Call them up. They answer my calls. Even though everyone's slammed and contractors right. are years out right now, yep. they help out because of those relationships. Again, back to the relationships. Do you really thing. do all that on a daily basis? Yeah, <laughs> I know it looks like I'm just sitting in my office, but well, there's that's, stuff going but on. When you're broker manager owner, yes. it's a very, I mean, like, and I appreciate it. I was going to say to you, like, it's set. a totally different deal, right? Sales agent, relationships, go hunt, go find deals, go on appointments. Um, I'm curious for the two of you guys, do you guys ever go on listing presentations together? We have. How, do we we, how, done, does, it, how does it work? It works really well because we do like feed off each other. Kurt's yeah, got yeah. the construction background. I got the yeah. sales and marketing background. And so it, it really works well because having both of us on both ends of the, of the bookends really gives us a dynamic forward looking project or at least a, what prospecting for those particular clients. Yeah. And, and I really like potential clients to get a feel for both of us because right. we both work most every single transaction yep. as a team. Yep. Yeah. And if they don't get me, they're going to get Tim. Right. If they have a question that I can't answer, they go to Tim. It's it's a matter of, I mean, we're kind of two brothers sharing one brain. Yeah, kinda, you could uh, say we share uh, Almost <laughs> yeah. a full brain. Almost. <laughs> but they really, it's a package, right? Yeah. So when yeah. we do a listing presentation, they need to understand both of us. We have different idiosyncrasies. Right. I like to text. He likes to email. Yeah. You know, and, and so there's different ways to get a hold of us if one person can't answer a question the other yeah. one can we're starting to get into video tom I, this is on, that's on my we're going to talk marketing people where it's it's coming right, it's coming but let me okay so let me ask you guys this like i know this is something you guys rarely hear and none of my high-end clients ever hear it uh, i want the highest possible amount for the sale of my home whatever number you have i want more what are you guys doing today to like i mean like how are you listing houses how are you trying to price houses, I should well, say, today in this market? It's it's nuts. 
It is nuts. And and because appraisals are lagging so far right. behind right. the market, the the velocity of the market is so unbelievable right now. It makes it really tough. But there there's people putting their houses on the market for their walk away number. Yeah. Maybe they've sped their retire, you know, they've been here 20 years. Right. They were going to retire in 10, they're going to retire now cuz they can cash out for more money than they ever thought possible for their home here in Teton County. And it's just accelerating their their next phase of their life, right. which is awesome. I mean, the downside is we're losing a lot of important infrastructure workforce. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully that void can be filled. Um, but it is amazing at the velocity of the market. Yeah. So, but pricing is well, I mean, and like you said, you dangle the carrot, and that's what's happening in the market right now. The, yeah. The carrot's getting dangled, and you think, no, there's no way someone can jump that high and get a bite of that thing. Right. And it gets bitten and taken yep. until the next multiple comes bites a little, from multiple a buyers right right and so the market is actually training a lot of the consumers that too high might not be too high anymore so right. it is a challenge we want to be reasonable and there are the three theories stick it out there to where you're not going to be able to get any buyers get yep. it at market price and get a few people or get it at or under that market rate so you can then get multiple offers and Speaking my love language there, I love, that's it. But it's hard not to yeah. have multiple offers these days unless yeah. you are outrageously priced. Well, and not even outrageously. There's some things on the market that have some nuances to them. Like a lot of people don't want to do a big remodel or do right. a scrape or deal right. with construction. And I understand it. They want turnkey. Yep. And there are some places on the market, I think, that have been on the market for more than three or four months that need that special buyer with yeah. vision or yep. with thought or is willing to take on that that brain damage of doing a full remodel or something yeah. like that. I looked at a property last summer over in John Dodge and it was like, let's just call it X, X million dollars. And I'm like, well, the land is yes. awesome. And I'm like, I walked through the house and I was like, what would it cost to destroy this thing and start over? And then it's like, I mean, but, but to your point, it's, I was talking to Maxine and Marty Gallant, who you guys know really well from La Jolla. Uh, Josh Rubin, one of my great clients in New York City, says the same thing. He's all, you know, high rise Manhattan, killing it. And they both on two different coasts said the same exact thing when I said, what sells and what doesn't? And they're like, newer than four years, turnkey, easy and beautiful. Yes. Everything else, it's going to sell, but it's going to sell not for that crazy price. Right, Are right. you guys seeing the same thing? Yep. Or is it different because the, like, the value of land here is so different? There is that difference, but that is what I see selling now is stuff that people can walk into and plunk down a chunk of change and have what they want. Right. And be moving in. So but what do you say then to the seller that says, well, look, I mean like this, the house we're in right now was, I said, guys, I'm, I'm this, I've got this great piece of property. I don't own this house. It's just renting this house. But I'm like, well, this great piece of property. I would like to own this house. Just saying, do you guys know any good agents in Jacksonville? A couple, but, but the house is like, it's bizarre, right? So like, I couldn't imagine. You won't be renting this house next year, Tom. No, I will not be renting this house. Oh, 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 okay. I think that was an implied relationship-based <laughs> yeah, exactly. sales process there. Yeah, yeah. But like, what do you say to that seller who's like, but look guys, the market's bonkers. I've got this unbelievable piece of property. Yeah, the house is a little bit old, but like I, I need my walk away price. Yeah. What do you guys say to that person? Two things, what the market shows, like I'm the numbers guy, yeah. right? So I'll go through where we're at with the market, what's what's out there active, what has sold in the last three months, six months, although it's so quick now, it's like every yeah. two months. Yeah. I'm just kind of revamping those numbers to give us some basis, a foundation of knowledge that you yep. can actually show to them and say, hey, here's where we're at. Granted, things are things are moving up still, so maybe we can have a trajectory of add 5%, 10%, something like yeah. that. So that's where I come at it from. Kirk comes at it from a more... I get it. You love your house and you've had so many experiences here and it's, there's a value to that. Yeah. 
However, these are the numbers. But I also explained to them there's a very, very small demographic that will share that vision and share that right. love and have that, that same emotional attachment to it. But it's also, I mean, the trajectory will meet. As the market rises and right. if this price stays, it'll cross somewhere. Is that in two months or is that in two years? I don't know. These are also people in those, we've got a couple clients like that. They don't have to move. Right. They love being here. Yeah. There's no benefit to them to sell at a lower number. So until that, that, that unicorn comes along that shares that same vision, mm -hmm. and as long as they're okay with that and they don't mind that, I don't need to make the trans, I don't need to accelerate the timeline on the, on the transaction if right. they don't need to. Right. If they need to be at a job in San Francisco in next month, then we do price adjustments. Yes. If they don't, and that's what they want. And I know may, this may not be a traditional thinking, but these are people that have been in the Valley for 20 or 30 years. Right. They love it here. They're very comfortable staying. They don't need to sell and go somewhere. This is for them their next phase of, of moving on to something. Yeah. I want to help them facilitate that without them not getting that next step in, with only half stepping. Yeah. That doesn't work for them, so that doesn't work for me. Yeah. It's in interesting when you think about that. Um, by the way, the guy at the very first house on the right, as you uh -huh. pull into the street, yeah. we met him a couple of days ago. He's 78 years old. He's like, I used to say I'm going to die in this house, but if someone gave me X and let me live here until I die, right? I'd sell it today for Y. Yeah. And I was like, you're in the reverse mortgage business. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> and you notice I did not say the address, but you guys know the exact house yeah, I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, right? we know. And, but, but, the, but that's an example of like the, when, when you're like, what, if someone's listening to this right now and their average sales price is 400,000, right. there is like when people say, is there a difference between like, Every day, you know, homes for sale in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and five million, ten million second home. The answer is absolutely yes. Humans are humans, but the way people look at properties like this, I believe fundamentally are different, right? Is that safe safe yeah. to say? Like he's yeah. gonna want that experience. Yeah. And there's probably a buyer that would buy that house just to say, great, over the next 10 years, 20 years, or whatever, it's gonna appreciate in value anyway. Like yep. not a bad deal. Let's talk about marketing. Okay. You guys made a statement. You said it yesterday and it really caught my eye. Like walk away price or am I saying that the right yeah, way? Like what's your walk away number? Away what's number? your walk away number? Do you guys use that in your marketing or do you save that like when you're just talking to people? So in, in our, as our listings, as we're getting to a price mm -hmm. and we explain the different reasons for yeah. that, like Tim explained, above market, yeah. at market, below yep. market, whatever yep. you're looking for. Yep. There's all of those. People have a number in their mind. Mm -hmm. We also then point out if their house is, a, is it a 10 or is it a one? Yeah. You know, a 10 brand new construction, everything great. One, there might be some homeless people and stray dogs living in it. <laughs> Yeah. So where do you rank your house on that? Well, most people rank it on the high end. Of course. You go through and you do that whole, well, does it need paint? Does it need a, you know, okay, maybe it's not an eight, maybe it's really a seven. Yeah. And get them to realize that their view of their property may not be the market's view of their right. property. Right, But that's where the pricing comes. So we do use it in our listing presentations mm -hmm. when we get a seller that really doesn't have a grasp on the market. Yeah. Yeah. A walkaway number, yeah. and if they're if if everyone's okay with it, that's fine. So I wouldn't say that'd be print marketing. That'd be just more no. of marketing, you know, VIV to so, talk and say so that's what we're doing. I would argue against that. I, like I'm I'm on this kick right now of there is so much noise in the market, especially for you yes. guys, 580 agents, yeah. 600 transactions. Yes. There's a lot of noise, and I think a lot of people get lost in the sea of sameness, mm -hmm. right? Like the the metaphor I was getting is. You haven't been to the grocery store in a while and your wife's like, go get a bag of chips. And you're like, you don't eat chips. And you're walking down the grocery store aisle 
and how many bags of chips do you see? Yeah. Five, five, you know, stories of just layers and layers of, you know, this one and that one. Like, how do you pick, right? Put, put an agent's face on each of those bags. Thank you very much. And I, so I'm, I'm of the opinion. You say, he said it, not me, but yes, <laughs> Timmy, you got it. But like, my argument is, I think we need to be a little more outlandish is not the word, but that's what's like outspoken about. Like what is on the minds of consumers? What is your walkaway number? Right. right. Yeah. Like how about like one of my clients is now running ads and a whole bunch of people are now doing this is uh, want a crazy offer on your house. Like that's the headline. Not, not, you know, just sold. Look, I did it again. Why you should sell now market updates. I think all that stuff is almost like automatic and needs to be done. But like that, cra like want a crazy offer on your house. Who wouldn't say yes to that? Yeah. I mean, like I would respond with like, mm -hmm. well, how crazy is crazy? Yep. I just built my house and I love it, but you know, crazy, <laughs> crazy right? Crazy. Like, but what do you guys think? When I say that, like, do you think that works in a small town? I'm, I'm giving you an out though. I don't think I should. Well, <laughs> I, I think it would work for some people. Yeah. I, th I think it would generate some listings for the agents. I'm just wondering what the backlash on it would be. Yeah. Are we adding to the exiting of the workforce from this environment, which mm -hmm. is a huge deal here in Teton County. Yeah. yeah. That's a huge deal. And it's near and dear to both of our hearts because right. a lot of our friends can no longer afford to live here. Yeah. Whether it's rent increases, right. whether it's not being able to buy a single family home, whether it's not being able to find a place to rent. Right. It's getting really, really difficult for the workforce housing. And that for us is really tough. So, and in that, sorry, non-owner yeah, occupiers, yeah, yeah. right? So you yeah. have these renters, right. one of our really close friends, 17 years renting. We told him not to look at those numbers, yeah. but 17 years renting and now he's being forced out and needs to find alter. And it's sad because it's, he's a very integral part of the community. And yeah. he's upper level workforce. He's management and food service. He, you yeah. know, his family, he's got a yeah. family. He's got a yeah. second kid on the way. It's heart wrenching. Yeah. So there are some issues that as a community we need to do. And if we, the, that would be my only concern. Mm -hmm. I think it's wildly creative mm -hmm. and I think it would generate a lot of conversation. Yeah. And I think it would generate some listings for our business. I'm just a little concerned. It's, it's already, I mean, real estate agents get blamed for everything. Yeah. No matter what it is. Yeah. Mainly the price of real estate, which we really don't have anything to do with. It's yeah. the market that it's drives that. It's the buyers. buyers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the demand, certainly mm -hmm. for this specific area. Mm -hmm. And, but we get blamed for it. So yeah. I think the backlash in a small community might outweigh the listings. Yeah, yeah. First of all, I'm really glad you brought that up because you say like it's it's accelerated. I, I was hearing that 12 years ago when I started coming to the Valley. Like people are like, like, I'm like where do you live? They're like, over the hill. Yes. Like they they got to go to Idaho to, to find decent housing and then drive an hour back and forth every day. And mm -hmm. now there's traffic in town. Weird, right? <laughs> what the heck is going Night. on? I mean, like- Bumper, to, not just traffic. No, I'm bumper to bumper. Context people like, I mean, you know, leave, leave, you know, town square at five thirty four years ago. You're here in like 10 minutes, right? Leave now. And you're like 45 minutes. Yeah. Like that's traffic. That's kind of nuts. I did get an e-bike for that reason to go from Wilson in town, right? That's taking, the, taking the bike paths and it is kind of smart. It's, it is satisfying to be going by cars <laughs> while you're on your, but I did that down in LA and San Francisco too on my motorcycle. Right. So, right. you know, yeah. Context, but, but it's also changing. I mean, the yeah. infrastructure of yeah. Jackson in particular is changing. You know, we've got five cranes in town building. Right. We're right. going up instead of going out exactly. because we can't go out. Yeah. Only 3% of the land is even developable. Yeah in Teton County. So it's a matter of, you know, that's another difficult thing in a small community is change. Yeah. Change is really, really difficult. And, yeah. and the infrastructure needs to be upgraded. You know, do we add another lane? Do we add another two lanes? Do we add more stop? I mean, 
that can be really tough for people that have been here 20, 30, 40 years. For sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Or all and their lives or, same, you know, families, you know, decades. Keeping right? that same small town feel. Everyone yeah. thinks it's going to disappear. I don't think so. I think the people that want to be in Jackson, in the outlying areas, yep. they're hardier. You know, it is cold here. It's yeah. not easy to get to. Yep. You might have to shovel your own walkway. Yeah. There's not service people to do all of those things that you might have at major metro areas. You just have to be a little tougher. You got to put a hat on. You got to put gloves on. You got to remember to have an extra coat in the car if it yeah. gets wind. I mean, just little things like that. Yeah. It's a hardier community. And the people that want to be here, and I think it's up to us, those of us that are here already, is to educate the new people that are coming in. Yeah. You know, educate them that it's kind of a chop wood, carry water community. Right. And it has to be because of the harsh elements. Yeah. And get involved in the community. Chop wood. Chop, okay, so everyone listening right now, like, like it's weak. If we would have started with that, we should like we've literally. So you know, we're I'm not editing a podcast, but like that, that right there, that moment, like that's the that's on Instagram, like for sure, because like that's it. If you don't get that, you don't get this place. Right. Okay, so let's talk about what what does work. We'll kind of wrap with with this question. What does work in terms of marketing? What are you What are you guys trying? What has worked? What has not worked? Do you email people like? an email newsletter? Do you do direct mail? There's no billboards in town, right? Like that would be silly, but your office sits in a very yeah. premium spot. I bet there's a lot of walk-in traffic. A lot of walk-in traffic. Right? So, so what does work in marketing that you would share with everybody else listening? Most of the people that want to be here want to be here for the lifestyle. Right. We don't really need, I mean, for the area, anyone that walks in our door or that right. inquires, pretty much knows the area. There's yeah. not many they've done people online research and yeah. And that's the great thing about being online right. is they've done 99% of their research. They're laser focused on what they yep. want and what's yep. available. It makes it really easy to then bring the personal aspect yeah. in, show them the different communities. They may not have a geographical understanding of the yep. Valley. Yep. Let them understand the difference between town and Teton village and yep. the West bank and North of town and yep. just those little nuances. And go from there. And it's really, I, I think the lifestyle is what people want to be here for, mm -hmm. whether, you know, whatever they're into, there's something that's drawn them here. Sure. And, and so that, for me, it makes it really easy to just communicate with them and find out what their needs are and then funnel them into what works for them. So I would, I would argue not against you, but I would argue that like the sales funnel, the, the life, like how do I say this best? Like the time it takes from there. Hey, I just stayed at the Four Seasons. I really like this place, honey. Let's go look at a house. Let's go call a real estate agent. Hey, we saw that Berkshire Hathaway. Let's go walk it. We just had a you know fish sandwich down the street. Hey, what's up, guys? So we're thinking about how many years before they actually buy a house. Forget forget the last sixteen months because right, COVID. Right, right. Fifteen be, months. It accelerated everything. It can be no. anywhere from two months. Yeah, I've had people walk in the door yep. and close a transaction within two months because yeah. they they had the ability to do yeah. that and they knew what they wanted to five years. Yeah. Yeah. And the pe and I'll tell you, 16 months ago, the people that had been looking for those two or three years either jumped yeah. immediately or got left in the dust because they were looking yep. at a million and a half, two million dollar properties. And those for what they needed are uh, now three, five. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And that's not, not that I know this from personal experience, <laughs> <laughs> but but we've seen that a lot Thanks, with Kurt. our Thanks. recent <laughs> clients is that it's not just someone coming in. Oh, I just stayed at the Four Seasons and here I need yeah. property. There is that. Trust yeah. me. There yeah. is. But four of our recent sales have been people that have either lived here, been here a certain amount of time, they moved away from the valley and they went and did something else in life and they yeah. realized, 
I got to get back there. This is a yeah. place I need to be where my kids need to grow up or once my kids are gone, yeah. where I need to be. Yeah. And so we've had a number of clients that have recently come back to the Valley, even in this, you know, crazy pricing. Yeah. That's how valuable it is for them to be yeah. able to have lifestyle. Yeah. They're, they've wrapped their head around, we could have got it for a million or 2 million different, you know, yeah. two years ago. Mm-hmm. And we didn't pull the trigger and we're paying the price now, but we're doing it because we don't see it backsliding. Exactly. You know? So back on marketing, like you guys got a database of customers, right? right. Are you, do you send regular emails if I was on your list? I just, I'm not even going to talk yeah, to you. I'm going to talk, talk to this guy right here really fast. We, what Timmy, like what, what actually, like, like in, in the Valley, like if you sell a property, do you send out a just sold card? Do you guys finish the year and say, we were able to successfully help 16 people buy and sell in 2020 during a pandemic? Do you do any of that stuff or does it matter? Or is it on your roadmap? Like it's on the roadmap for sure. Like we newer client, right? So I'm, yeah. I'm going like old school yeah. Tom Ferry yeah. stuff and Chris yeah. looking at me like, what the hell are you talking about? Right? Like we said, we're, we're very irregular just yes. in general. Um, yes. I, no, I knew that regard, when we started the interview. With yes. regards to marketing, no, it's, it's yeah. very regular, very sporadic. Yeah. But again, you know, with being within the ecosystem, now we're on like step two of the 10-step mm-hmm. process right. of being able to right. manage our clientele. You know, right. what, what, what was a funnel? I didn't know what that was right. a few years ago. And now I do. And I understand where they people belong in the funnel. And now even I'm, I'm doing an onboarding call later today yeah. to be able to get marketing and have some of these things automated. Right. Um, so we are on that. Uh, do we have a regular marketing? No, I, not at all. But yeah. we are in the process of doing that. And so I challenge you, you know, to be here next year, do the same thing and see where we're at a year from now. Done. It's going to be a different scene because this market's changing so fast and right. things are moving at such a rapid pace. And, and we certainly need to get our wheels moving and get into second and third gear to be able to to captivate that well and, and i get first of all, i'm just saying i guarantee if mark was here he would yeah. say that they've done mark this and this and yeah big shout out to their coach mark this and this and this and this and it's what, what we always miss like um my stepmom who was here with me for a couple of days right so she's been like a hero of my like entire life since i met her at six right and she would say everything worthwhile takes a decade Every, like if you're building a business, right? If you're creating relationship, like it's like a, the power of a decade, she just instilled that in my head. So I think starting in September of last year in the middle of a pandemic right. and how much you guys have grown mm-hmm. and, and the way you yeah. describe it, like, Hey, we're like step one or two, right? I would be super proud, right? If I were you guys, and I hope you are because over the next decade, what could be is just bonkers. Yeah. It'll just come down to your ambition and desire, yep. but I have a feeling for you, it's more about the community. It, what are you going to do to help the community? For me, it is. And I task, and that's funny you mentioned that. We task our clients with that, especially yeah. people that have moved from out of market that haven't been here for a while. Tim is great at it. He's like, okay, now you got your property here. Which nonprofits are you going to volunteer for? See, what are you going right? to do to help right the community out? Are you right. going to be on a board for, right. for workforce housing? Are you going to go pull fences? You know, what are you going to do to give back to the community that you're plug and play into? This is up and running. Yeah. It's already got everything that you want here, whether it's mm-hmm. lifestyle, outdoor adventure, whatever it is. What are you going to do to give back to the community? And he plants the seed in a way that that seed bursts open and grows. And it, it really does have an impact. And it makes a difference because then it's front of mind for the buyers that are new to the area yeah. that they have a responsibility to give back to the community. And, there's and, and a, it is a small town. And, the and there's a great... Um, organization called the Community Foundation, and they organize all the nonprofits. And what mm-hmm. they do is they're they're a, a holding house for where matching donors come in. Right. And so you have the ability to to use this uh, this system 
to be able to distribute monies yeah. to all these different nonprofits. So they have an onboarding welcome to Jackson Hole. Mm -hmm. So if anybody's interested, I can give you that information. But onboarding to the community, hey, here's what to, not only what to do, but how to be a good citizen and right. how you can contribute. I love that. Right? I mean, I, yeah. I, I, one could argue like, I think of so many of my clients, they, again, I mentioned like these big mega teams are in 300, 500, a thousand transactions, but they're in Phoenix, Arizona and Phoenix is a community, right? right? And then they're right. in like, you know, this little part of Phoenix, Arizona, mm -hmm. right? And that little subsets maybe with two or three schools, an elementary and a junior high and a high school, like that is a community. And that same thing could absolutely apply. Yep. You guys think? Yes. Mm -hmm. You create your community wherever you are, whether it's in a big city or a small yeah. town. A small town just doesn't have all the peripheral stuff going on outside of the community you create. In a small town, it's a little different because that's you can't just jump to the next community. No. That's the community that you're in. And, th and there's only one place where there's this, yeah. right? You can't just jump somewhere else and recreate what's happening here. No. So you need to foster that and you need to nurture it in a different way than in a large metro community. So what's the future for you guys? What's the, what's the business going to look like in the next two years, three years? Personally, I want to increase our referrals to be over 50% of what we do. I want to be able to bring on a team and create like a SEAL team, be able to yeah. bring on a couple more transactional managers, um, administrator, things like that. I want to be able to use our best use of time by bringing in business and allowing others to be able to do it. Cause, cause right now I'm, I'm going to segue a little bit into the whole fire mm -hmm. department thing. And yeah. With right. And everything. I, I mean, with the fire department, you, you have, there's certain things, there's kind of three key things. You have an incident commander, you only, you have span of control of what you can actually do and then solving problems. Right. right. So the incident commander has four different, five, six different silos, whether that's, you know, the command or the medic or uh, these different silos that mm -hmm. you're in charge of, right? That's where we need to be. We need to be that incident commander within our team. But we each individual only has so much span of control. Right. Effectively with fire, you can do three things, five if you're really good and seven, you're just underwater, right? So you can only have a certain span of control of what you can be in control of at any given time. So we're at that point where we need to be able to expand right. our span right. of control. That's right. And then the other, the third pillar on that is, you know, we go to other people's problems, you know, and so problem solving within the real estate community is paramount. But in the fire department, that's what we do. We show up All on day. someone's possibly the worst day of their life. Yeah. And so you're there to try to help them out. So that in, with regards to real estate, we're looking at, you've got a problem. This is a major investment that you're doing. And, and if there's a problem in transaction, we're there to, to take care of it. But I mean, I carry this every day in my, in my yeah, pocket. Yeah. And you got one, there's three words on it, service, courage, and dedication. We could do a whole podcast on that right. in and of itself. You know, We're here to be of service. You have to have courage to do things that other people aren't and aren't willing to do. And it takes dedication. Right. Those three things. Right. I'm telling you guys, I like Mary, I said to you, like, I don't really have an agenda. I just want to have a conversation. And they're like, what are, we, what are you going to ask? And I actually did write down a couple. I got to like maybe three yeah. of the things that I wrote down, like the introduction and like two questions. Um, but this is exactly, I mean, like, this is what makes the two of you guys so special, right? Like the, the sort of metaphorical example of like running your business, like the fire department runs it, right. right? I mean, all of that, if we just took that section and just said, every team leader, listen to this. Right. And then your thoughts on community and connection and being a part of this thing. You know, again, I don't blame anybody that does a lot of transactions who's just transactionally oriented. But I know, I know our ecosystem and you guys, as you guys get to know more and more, like Maxine and Marty Gallons will sell a lot of houses this year. 
Right? Did I say lot, love them? I think I said love uh, them. For sure. Right. Okay. My, my coaching clients have 21 years, yeah, right? Like they're, guys. they're bonkers. They want to emulate them. And they care so much about La Jolla, the ranch, Del Mar, like they're in the community. And I think back if, if I was a brand new agent, I was listening to this right now, I would just ask myself, how am I going to cement myself in this community? Not so I do more business simply because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing. Right? You got to yeah. be the mayor of your town. Yep. You got to be the mayor of your town. So, well, and we are. Yeah. Tim and Harlan, brothers helping others. Bro, brothers helping others. <laughs> <laughs> There's some marketing for you, ladies that's and gentlemen. Our, that's our new rollout. If I see that on a billboard, I'll punch both of you guys. Oh, God. Because <laughs> that means there's a billboard in town. <laughs> yeah. And I will punch both of you guys. <laughs> if, you, if you listen to the radio, it's on there. That. So you guys do radio. We do yeah. radio. We do print. I yeah. mean, we come Tim on. Said, I said Tim marketing, said, and he goes like, Tim "Nah." Oh, Tim we do radio. We, we've got a couple. We've got a couple publications that we yeah. are really, and we've been really, really loyal with them. Yeah, I mean, they've they've helped us grow our business, and we're we're dedicated to helping them. The local newspaper, of course, is really, really important in this yep. town. Yep. The Jackson Hole News and Guide, you know, has been great for us, and so we advertise in that. A couple periodical publications, regional mags, and and, right. and radio. Because the people listen to the radio here yeah. to get the news, to see right. what's going on. It's, right. you know, there's a lot of everyone's listening to other, you know, satellite stuff mm -hmm. too, mm -hmm. but the local radio gets a lot of play and not that it's a, because it's the right thing to do. I think it's important to have a local radio station and a local newspaper. Those right. feed into the community. So a lot of our clients are doing their own radio shows now, right? Is that something you guys ever thought about? Yep. It's, I mean, it's like a podcast for me or a, a, yep. a video on Facebook for you guys. It's just yep. an extension of that. When I said it, like you, that was a very nervous <laughs> you, look you got you, there. The, Coach Mark tells tell you the same. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, God. So, like minds, baby. Like minds. Yes. I mean, we've, we've talked to the program director locally yeah. to do a little yeah. a, a spot on local radio. But right. I, I mean, that we right. could do other branch out and other things. And, and really, you know, through the last few years, for me, spending time with my family is really important. Yeah. And you can get distracted by all of these other things in yeah. front of you, all of these shiny things that are happening, whether it's, you know, technology or transactions or growing your business. But really the most important thing is your family. There you go. And I mean, we're lucky and, and, and fortunate. I mean, both have awesome wives, Patrice and Alia. We have two incredible kids. Yeah. And two big fluffy dogs. Uh, <laughs> and so we're really lucky that way. But I think, you know, how you define luck, how do yeah. you define fortune? It's, right. it's creating a situation to where, you know, you, there's a set of circumstances that something awesome or unexpected can happen. Right. So you can create your own luck. And in doing so, I think being a, a servant to the community, being uh, involved in, in such great things that this place has to offer, you can create your own luck. Yeah. And that's what you try to do is create that set of circumstances that allows for greatness or the unexpected. If you go back to the very first thing I asked you guys is how do you create brand and trust in your marketplace? And I think we could have just like, that was really the only question. Everything else was just like a little, you know, <laughs> really a little inlet from the river or whatever, a little fork. Um, you guys have done it. I'm really proud of you guys. Yeah. No, we're, we're right stoked now. to be here with you. Yeah. Be, and, and yesterday was a blast. Yeah. And you're here for a couple more weeks. Hopefully yep. we have some more great times. We'll show you a little bit of the underbelly of the valley. I would love that. Right? I would love that. Tristan, jealous. Hashtag you're jealous. You're coming with. Oh, wait. He's got oh, to fly there. back and you know, buy a hey, new house. Hey, I got to say, though, the first thing when Tristan came into town, he said yeah. he took a left at the airport and immediately stopped and started photography. And then he yeah. went out to Jenny Lake or something. And right. So it, it kind of grabs you right off the bat, right? Oh. 
right yeah. off the bat. So, yeah. so his wife's staff was like, uh, "You're not going to the park until you take me there. Do not go." Because the, I was he like, didn't. "I was like, go he, to the, he just, just go to the left. lower loop." He and he was like, "No, no, no, I can't." He just left. <laughs> right. He didn't go to the park. Just yeah. he didn't he, go. He didn't. But go. he took the back route yeah. to get here, which yeah. I was like, "Dude, you took like the moose route. Like yeah. that's like that's a local deal. Yeah, that's like, a that's lo- good. I know. I know. Edit that. Edit that. But that's again the power of place. And if you can combine the power of place with power of people and and care and service that yeah put it all together yeah dedication courage service dedication courage and service i love it it. all right well guys hey this has been a super fun podcast if they want to find you guys obviously they can google berkshire hathaway jackson properties harlan brothers real estate.com okay harlan brothers real estate.com at 2015 baby brothers helping others (laughs) brothers helping others all right we're out thank you guys so much hope you have an awesome day share this with a friend if it makes sense and obviously always like a like a comment review any of that stuff is always helpful All right, we're out. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.